Welcome to Know What I Mean. My name's George. My name's Oscar. And this week's quote is by Jill Bolte-Taylor. Although many of us think of ourselves as thinking creatures that feel, biologically, we are feeling creatures that think. In the episode, we go into Oscar's feelings bypassing all logic and rationality, the wisdom... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. The wisdom of listening to your body and how we, with only feeling. Let's get into the episode. (laughs) i want to give a disclaimer about that surely (laughs) we just spent we must have just spent 20 minutes trying to get that intro sorted and that's how it comes up what was that last point again george how we with only feeling wow that is wise yeah that is wise yeah it took us a while trying to come up with bullet points we only had two and a half after 20 minutes so that's that's not that's what we're going for no, it's, it's actually a great episode. episode. <laughs> we just didn't want to give give away any of the bits in the in the intro. Enjoy the episode, guys. I'm nervous about this one, actually. Oh, in really? A good way. I was quite excited. Yeah, I was like, I was just doing my because I've always write out my notes on the computer, so I've got them in front of me, and yeah, I was like, oh, like oh my god, I feel quite like adrenaline. I've I've put. I've invested quite a lot of time this week in doing notes for it, purely just because I'm just super interested in it. It wasn't, mm. I must put time aside this week. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to getting into it. All right, let's get into it then. Yeah. Let's go. So the quote for this week is by Jill Bolte-Taylor, and it goes as follows. Although many of us think of ourselves as thinking creatures that feel, biologically, we are feeling creatures that think. It's from her book, My Strength of Insight. I think we touched on it last week with talking about the subconscious and talking about these currents that actually guide us. We have an idea about how we relate to the world, but that's not actually how we relate to the world. And I think that this quote captures that really nicely. It's actually that we've got a very strong view that the head rules the heart and that we live in a very rational and together kind of we make decisions and they're not particularly affected by how we feel about things i think i'm more talking on a cultural level in that i feel like our culture is quite like that it it thinks of itself as quite rational and very thought-based decision making but that actually the evidence suggests the opposite the evidence suggests that actually we're feeling creatures that think in that how we feel in our bodies and how we feel in our lives is essentially shaping our experience of the world and completely affecting how we think about the world, ourselves, other people, but that we're not aware of this process. And that's where the danger is, is it's not that it's a problem, like a problem that we're feeling creatures that think, but the problem is, is that we think we are thinking creatures that feel And so we don't have Mm. awareness of what is actually dictating our lives, which is how we feel about things. Mm -hmm. So the best and broadest example I I can give is that if I, if I wake up and I'm feeling good is say, if I meditate, I've slept well, I haven't been drinking the night before. I'm just, I feel fresh, right? This is a pre-lockdown example. If I go into town and I get on the bus and 
do all the ordinary things. People are so helpful. People are just like smiling at each other, giving little nods to each other. I'm like walking down the street and I'm like, everyone is in the sickest mood today. Like everyone's so nice and they're just, they keep on doing nice things for other people. It's so weird because I feel really good. And look, everyone else feels really good as well. That's weird. It's so obvious when that happens. And then obviously the, the other side of that is, you know, if I'm ill and tense and I feel vulnerable, people are very unkind and threatening and like icky and difficult and everything's really grating. And the reality is those worlds are just totally different. And they're, they're completely shaped by how I feel about things. But I like to think... I've got a very clear view of things at all times, but that's just not true. Mm. So I love how prominent this view is. And that's what I want to explore is, is how prominent this view is that we are thinking creatures that feel and how wrong that is. <laughs> it is so, so interesting how that the feelings that you have end up controlling the thoughts and you can sort of notice that the feelings other thing that comes first and the thoughts are built on top of that thoughts are are always either reactions to things that you've learned or understood or like reactions to how you're feeling about the moment i was trying to think of it the other way as well like can can you argue that we are thinking creatures that feel because through your thoughts you can kind of change your emotions and change your feelings sometimes or you can try and kind of steer yourself in another direction but the reason that you're steering trying to steer yourself in the other direction is because of how you feel so it comes back to that when we're when we're born for example that's a time where we don't really have complex thought we just have pure feeling and we're vulnerable and we're very fragile and we don't have control over our environment at all. We just feel and express and hopefully we have some caregiver, someone who can think for us, you know, a parental figure who can help us when we're hungry, who can comfort us if we have toothache and do that thinking part for us. And sometimes there's going to be like a, a baby is is say if they're teething, there's not actually anything that the, I mean, the parent could maybe get like a teething toy or comfort them, but you can't, they can't just make the baby stop crying instantly. And as, as you grow up, you know, get to the point where we are now, you know, you understand about logic and society, you learn language, cause and effect, all these things so that you can look after yourself so that you can you know, get your own food so that you can do all these different things. But I think that can lead to to people feeling like their feelings are a problem. They've got to like sort them out. They've got to do all these things. But if you imagine that that part of you that was a baby that just feels is still there, that's still hungry and confused and scared and can feel incredible amounts of excitement at doing certain things, all of those primal emotions of this that are exactly the same as when you were born are still there within you. So once you think of it like that, certainly for me, it's changed how I relate to myself and relate to my feelings. Because 
if you're feeling scared, are you just going to kind of ignore that and neglect that feeling and just hope it goes away, try and drown it out with other things while it's screaming in the background? It's kind of a, a choice that you make of how you want to parent yourself, really, how you want to care for those feelings. It's been something that I've I've definitely done recently is just becoming more compassionate about that side of myself and realizing that often it just doesn't understand what's going on. It doesn't know that it shouldn't be anxious in a certain situation. It doesn't know all of these things. It just, it needs help and it needs to be looked after. It can obviously have, you know, you've got your intuition and it can actually notice things that you won't notice. And it's not just this defenseless thing. There's lots of very powerful things that it can do. But it's really important to remember that often it just, your feelings are just confused and they don't know what's going on. And I think it's really important to have compassion for that part of yourself. Yeah, it's uh, it's really nice to bring in this, in a way, a hub that we've built on top of as we've got older. If we start with feeling, then we learn to communicate to better navigate how to get those needs met as we mm -hmm. become an adult. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like tools, our needs for safety and food, all of these things, they're the same now as they were then. You can boil down our feelings down to those, particularly like negative feelings, down to, well, all, all, feel, all feelings will boil down essentially to very core needs that we have to feel accepted, to feel safe. And they are indicating whether or not that's being met. They are not necessarily doing that accurately all the time. As you said, like you can feel anxious in like quite obscure for obscure reasons for things that you needn't, but at the root, they are essentially trying to get, they're trying to indicate that needs aren't being met. And it's really nice to bring it back to being a baby because you know, that's the, that's when so much of our conditioning happens is, is that age. And that's what, that's how we're born, you know? Yeah. I think, I think one side of that that I found interesting was that this area of how sometimes, because I think there was almost two sides to what you were saying in there. There was, there was one that feelings are an indicator of something mm -hmm. important. And another side, which is that feelings are not necessarily accurately indicating that mm -hmm. thing that they, yeah. that it's not a very accurate tool necessarily mm -hmm. all the time. I'd really like to go into that side of things too, but, but I kind of want to focus in on how feelings can be signals for, and I guess it comes into intuition as well, but feelings can be signals for almost like a guidance system for mm. how we then relate to the world on Stringer fields. So Stringer was my secondary school. We used to go to these fields on a Friday night because there was no one around and we could just get drunk and be crazy and make lots of noise. And there wasn't houses like too close by. Occasionally the police would come along and chase us off, but that was the fun place to go on a Friday night. And there was one occasion where we were all sitting in a big circle and I really didn't like the people that I was with at the time. Everyone's got this eagle eye to look for vulnerability or look for things to pick up on because there's such a lack of confidence by everyone. You get this social hierarchy forming as it often does at school where either you're 
a bully or you are bullied and there's this funny exchange that's going on that either you're vulnerable and you're going to be picked on or you have to pick on someone else and often it would end up in these situations where there was this horrible atmosphere that something was about to kick off and this was what it was like on this particular evening so I was sitting there and my way of dealing with that kind of atmosphere at school is to be very quiet I'm sitting there no one's really saying much and everyone's just kind of waiting for the for the next thing to kick off something to happen right someone who was essentially quite a scary person and a person you just didn't want to fuck with he broke the silence and said oscar you seem like an all right guy but you are a fucking mute (laughs) and i was kind of dumbstruck like i didn't really know what to say to that obviously like it was just really out of the blue and very violent thing to say and this guy's kind of sidekick said it was something along the lines of yeah i bet you sit in the fucking dark and listen to classical music or something like random like that and it was a it was just one of those moments where it was like i realized okay i'm the i'm the victim in this situation and i just feel fucking horrible and i don't know what to say and i don't know how to react to this situation the evening rolls on a bit and i've managed to kind of just blend into the background and just avoid conflict somehow and my friends actually meant to be staying with me at the end of this evening and people were continuing to drink and you know this was just like a horrible situation to be in with people that i didn't really like and I just had a really, really uncomfortable moment earlier. My friend wasn't willing to leave. I I kind of, I obviously was making signals in some way, but again, this was quite unconsciously. I was making signals that I wanted to, to go. And my friend, he wanted to stay. And in a second, I just got up and I just ran off. I literally just sprinted home. And I guess me running home really feels like one of those moments where actually despite the social implications of me running off and leaving my friend my friend was like shouting after me it was kind of humiliating thing to do because people were very aware that i just ran off for seemingly no reason despite all that my body and my feelings were just saying you need to fucking leave man like you need to get out of here and i was suppressing that for such a long time that it just did it for me. Wow. It just got me up and it just, I just ran, ran off. And in that situation, my feelings were more of a guardian and the wiser side to me, actually, which was the whole time saying, you're in the wrong place. These are the wrong people to be around. The atmosphere is horrible. You feel really tense. You feel really unhappy here. And I still wanted to stay, but my body was taking me out of that situation whether I liked it or not I was leaving I think that was an an example of that intuitive or feeling side just taking over Hmm. yeah the first thing that I thought of when I first when you first read out the quote was I'd heard a long time ago about the fact that people think we have a stomach to feed our brain but actually we have a brain to feed our stomach and that really is how things have evolved the most simple form of life is just ingestion, digestion, and excretion. We're essentially just a tube. Stuff goes in, it's metabolized, and then it goes out. And your brain and consciousness are things that have arisen to aid that process. But 
don't get it twisted that like the stomach is that's the bit that's in in charge it's incredibly rare for someone to consistently not do what their stomach tells them to do Mm. because you're just you know eating and drinking and finding ways to get food and protect your stomach it just struck me as such a weird a weird little flip but it's a set it's the same sort of thing as as we have here we start to get overinflated with all, all of our all of our logic and feeling that we must be superior and and that this is the main function is the mm. intelligence mm. but intelligence is is an ancillary function to get sustenance mm. it's it's nothing more than that it's not like we have a, a stomach to feed our our wisdom and our art and stuff like that like the art and and everything that we create and do is is a byproduct of an intelligence that arose purely just to feed itself and to find creative solutions to getting food and reliable ways to get food but essentially that's where it's come from mm-hmm. uh, and i thought that really mirrored the the same thing i was thinking about your feelings being imagining them as a baby inside of you mm-hmm that those feelings are the real thing that are they're at the core and it's easy from this to start thinking about it as a combative relationship like can damage your ego to be like oh shit all this time i've just been like running around (laughs) going to my job going to school because of this like bag of food sat inside of me (laughs) is this really the thing that's like (laughs) controlling my life like my (laughs) my infantile emotions and my intestines Mm, mm, but mm. it's like a caregiver position you're you're charged with protecting and looking after this thing so you're here as as the guardian of your stomach and your your inner child and you're here to protect it and help it thrive and enjoy and get the things that it needs Mm. and i think that's a really a really nice way to flip the thinking, especially in self-development. A lot of things are like about dominating your body and dominating mm. your mind. Mm. And if you think of that as as part of you that's a that's a child, that's horrible. Like that's not how you want to behave yeah, towards yeah. a part of yourself that you love. You've got to find like a somewhere between. You know, there's the side of neglect or uh, you know smothering or molly coddling sometimes you really need to just be compassionate if you're feeling sad and comfort yourself and there are times where you're going to need to be a bit more hard on yourself or you know same as if you're raising a child you can't just give them everything they want all the time that's not Mm. going to be the best for them so it's it's not a thing to be like oh yeah just just follow follow your feelings they're the one that's in charge you just need to placate your feelings and do whatever they inspire you to do and that that's Mm. somehow just to just follow every whim that you have but it's developing a better relationship with your feelings yeah compassionate but also helping strengthen them and getting the most out of them yeah i think it's nice how you brought in the humbling view of essentially the the feelings and this need to eat and survive that's the core that's at the Mm -hmm. real base of things Mm -hmm. and that we 
we make things very complicated and have very um the thought comes in after to justify what we're doing and and create these models and well you know models of the world and create meaning and importance and all that but at the root we we want to survive and yeah i think it's really important to bring that reflection in regularly i've got a tattoo which says time crumbles things and i think it's of the same it's in the same area you know it's, it's essentially saying that all these grand important very meaningful things that we build with our minds they decay and they go and it's important to be humbled by how simple things are at their root of mm. trying to reflect a bit on why why is it that we've ended up with the dominant view being that we are in control that we can dominate that essentially feelings are a little side thing that we can successfully switch off mm -hmm. and numb out because i think it's a it's a cultural thing you know it's there's obviously other cultures which have more respect for feelings and intuition mm -hmm. But I would say that our culture doesn't. What that's led to, I think, is feeling alienated from feelings and then also having a sense that feelings are quite scary because we're so unfamiliar with actually experiencing them, actually going into our bodies and experiencing mm -hmm. what's going on. They become these very wild, irrational mm. movements within us because they do actually decay our lives. Mm -hmm. They're, our, our body what's going on in our body is so strong whether we choose to be aware of that or not if we refuse to look inwards and become more emotionally intelligent it ends up becoming very toxic feedback loop of pushing things away and not wanting to look and then it kind of bubbling up more and more strongly and i think that's i mean i've made a connection between that and the the real push towards like the mental health movement and well-being movement of spending such a long time in society really being quite alienated from ourselves and, and how we feel about things and having this very unhelpful view that feelings are kind of stupid or something you know that they don't have mm -hmm. value in our lives i think like what you're saying with how they can kind of be seen as scary or just these crazy wild things that we don't understand I think, yeah, a lot of the reason why that arises is from neglect. Mm. You know, like, again, to just go back to that analogy of, of a child, if you're just, if you ignore your child and don't spend time with it and, and take time to understand and, and see what's, what's going on, then you, of course, you're going to be surprised by its behavior and it's going to do things that you completely don't expect and it's going to have tantrums and do, you know, wild stuff and just and make no sense to you. It's yep. it really the analogy of a relationship just works perfectly for it because you you do need to get to know it and understand it because it's and once you have a better understanding and you kind of check in more regularly, I've definitely found that my feelings make more sense and I'm more comfortable with them and comfortable experiencing them and mm. just constantly trying to drown them out by watching tv or netflix or listening to or doing doing loads of things to fill up your brain and try and regulate your feelings with external things if you watch a horror film to feel scared or a comedy to feel happy that is going to have an impact on on your emotion but you're 
you're going outside to get things. So you have like emotional reactions to things, but it's such a good process to just, just see how you're feeling in the moment and just Mm -hmm. notice that. And if you do that and check in, then you can see how, how things change and, and it can be an indicator, like you said. It can be a really useful little thing to notice. Uh, maybe something's not right here. Yeah. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes you can feel bad and you can, you know, logically feel like things are okay. But maybe there is something else that you haven't noticed logically. Or it might be that you just need to kind of comfort your feelings and say, you know, this it's going to be it's going to be okay and you might be feeling anxious or sad but maybe there's not anything that you can do about it you just need to be there with the feelings and just let them play themselves out yeah i guess what we're talking about really is emotional intelligence i think having a receptivity to what's going on in our bodies the interesting thing that i've noticed about that process over a really long period of time and i'm going to actually just super briefly define that for me emotional intelligence and really having a very integrated i don't want to say relationship to my emotions because that makes it just seem very separate it feels kind of like i'm a brain having a relationship to my body but i think Mm -hmm. having i've got a little moth on my microphone oh people gonna love you blood in their ear oh yeah this is an asmr podcast (laughs) you can just chill there it's fine Practically what it, what my experience of it is, is it's like shining a light into my body and just seeing what is, what is there. It's almost like if the body is this space, what is in that space and actually just directly looking inside. And that, that's what checking in is to me is, is, Mm -hmm. is looking within the body. So my experience of doing that over a number of years is that initially I think emotions and feelings felt a lot more confusing because there's such a backlog of really tangled reactions and feelings that like it's a mix of current reactions to things and unprocessed reactions to things all tangled up inside and you can't really distinguish one from the other so you might just be feeling this sense of dread or discomfort and you're looking around like why would I feel this way and you can't work out where where the root of that is because it's such a mess there it's really difficult to see but i think as we mentioned last week with finding ways of clearing the subconscious and and processing these things of which there are many tools to do that i've definitely found i guess particularly on like a meditation retreat for example where you're spending a lot of time being very aware of what's going on that after a certain amount of time that quietens down to the point where it's very clear the distinction between something you're reacting to in the moment and when some unprocessed trauma or feeling is arising just in the body. Because I think often with trauma, past things, I think they'll often come up when they see an opportunity that they may get processed. Mm -hmm. So it might be when it's quite quiet and not much is going on. And it, mm. they, these things come up and say, are you willing to look now? Are you willing to have a look now? And mm-hmm. most of the time it's, it's no. And then you just continue to, you know, you go to the fridge or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. as I'm talking, I'm thinking about it. So I don't know if that's completely true or not. I'd have to investigate it further. But 
there's definitely it's very very interesting to notice the distinction between when you're reacting to something in the moment and when it's something very clearly from past unprocessed things and there is a mm -hmm. distinction and that becomes more obvious with learning to be emotionally processing things yeah mm. this moth it's really sticking around it's like and you can kind of see it here oh yeah there you go. yeah yeah and that's why you should watch the video version of the podcast oh yeah sorry it's like it's quite small no it's massive it's massive <laughs> so i've got another story it fits in the area of this belief that we have that we are in control um, and that we know exactly what's going on brilliant so, let's go <laughs> yeah uh, this sounds like a nice reassuring story i was 19 at the time and I'm sitting in a club and it's fucking loud. And essentially what's going on is I'm being given an intervention. So I'm sitting there and Miles and OJ are saying, we really, really don't trust this girl that you've been hanging out with. We're really not thinking that she's any good for you, basically. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, man, like you just don't understand, man. Like I'm like, I've, I've got it all under control. Like it's, it's fine. I know she can be like that with other people, but like, it's honestly not like that with me. And just to give a bit of context. So at the time I like hadn't had a girlfriend, still a virgin in a way, it felt like the first time when I was really being paid attention to by a girl and that they thought I was attracted, attractive seemingly. And I was really attracted to her and there were potentially a few red flags popping up at different points she would do things like accidentally invite me and other guys that were very much like me very much like kind of awkward and like quite confused by my presence being there like we'd be sitting in the park and then this other guy would show up and i'm like <laughs> who's this <laughs> why like but then you can't say anything because it's just like we're just yeah. mates obviously but like it's yeah, yeah it's not like that so it's it's this kind yeah. of odd situation where you're just like wow this feels very deliberate yeah. um but then another girl would show me interest in a club or something and she would get fucking angry really really angry <laughs> and she also actually gloated about how she would manipulate guys to me but obviously i was like i'm exempt from this <laughs> obviously this isn't about me like yeah. i'm the one she's telling so obviously it wouldn't be the case yeah yeah and at this point when the intervention's happening a number of my friends are being like who is this person like this is just this this smells totally wrong right mm -hmm. so i end the conversation i'm not heeding their advice at all and a few days later me and this person are we're out and they've got like really drunk uh, and I put that in quotations and like falling over drunk and her ex comes along and she straightens up and just completely soberly walks across the road and gets into an argument with her ex and then slaps him round the face extremely hard. Jesus. And in that moment, it was like I was being slapped in the face and woken mm. up to what was going on because it was such a everyone was saying and that all the indications were there that this person wasn't to be trusted but i couldn't hear mm -hmm. that i couldn't hear that because you know like yeah you could you know you could say that i was being led by my dick whatever like you could say that but 
the reality was at the time I was terrified of sex. Like I was scared of intimacy. I just really, but this person offered me a potential to be normal. They seemed like they liked me. I felt special around them. And somehow my needs were being met by their presence. Those feelings were strong enough for my rational mind to basically be taken offline. All the things that were supposed to tell me that things weren't right, mm -hmm. it didn't matter at all. And I really don't consider myself, but who the fuck does? But I don't consider myself <laughs> one of those people to be seduced into a situation like that, basically. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter because the feelings, when they're strong enough, it will just say to your rational mind, no, I got this. <laughs> I've got this covered. Yeah. Just trust me on this. Right. And it was just so funny in that moment of her slapping that guy. It was just like, fuck, <laughs> like just shit. And then I, I, I just walked off. Yeah. And that was it. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It reminds me a bit of, you know, how you can be dreaming. You can be in the most bizarre situation that clearly makes no sense. And within a dream, you just accept it. You just think that that's real and like, oh yeah, of course. Like we'll just get on the bus to Jamaica from yeah. Hove, like, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. like just whatever crazy thing comes up, you would just kind of accept it. And even though that's just within a dream state, it shows that there's conscious experiences where logic can appear to be there because within a dream, you feel like there's some thread of logic. Oh, we need to get here because of this. Da, da, da. Oh yeah, I need to, obviously I need to get the bus because I'm not going to walk to Jamaica. It seems like there's some semblance of logic when there's none, when it's all a complete fabrication that is completely unbelievable. And just the fact that that can happen with a dream should tell you that it's possible for things of that nature to happen in your waking life as well. Mm, mm. And it can be kind of a, a scary concept, I suppose. But yeah, that's what's up. Sometimes you'll you'll just justify whatever's yeah. going on. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's what this quote is talking about. And I think that's what... That is what happens in society. I mean, you only have to look at Trump as an example of people willing to completely put down just the rational argument. Everything is pointing towards this person's not to be trusted and that their views on things are illogical. But there is a strong feeling, there is a strong emotional investment in some that you're resonating with some aspect of what they're talking about. Mm hmm. And it's incredibly obvious in politics and it's incredibly obvious in society as a whole where you can see the collective irrationality, just the collective kind of, you're just like, how the hell is this happening? But because mm -hmm. there's an emotional pull, you justify it afterwards and that's happening on a global scale. But the thing that I want to counter that with is just to reemphasize that I think that there really is an intelligence to our feelings. Mm. And that intuition, and as you you briefly mentioned, and I, I think it is worth like emphasizing that our intuition and our feeling about things can very, very often indicate things that our thought mind just isn't aware of. It's too subtle mm -hmm. or it's too, as we talked about last episode, you know, it's, we can only be aware of a certain amount at, at any one time and our feelings about things can indicate when something isn't right, when we're not feeling right mm -hmm. about someone, when we're not feeling right about a situation. 
and it's a bizarre thing to work with it's it's really much more like sailing or something or working with the wind you're not going to be able to control your feelings it like mm -hmm. you're not just going to be able to just like this is exactly what's going to happen with you and i think that's why they can be scary but also they are very very powerful and you it's about learning to use them as a guiding system within yourself and within your body mm -hmm. because these currents of intuition and currents of intelligence are like mm -hmm. rippling through us all the time a lot of people are completely alienated from that and mm -hmm. they're missing out you know that's that's a real loss you know mm -hmm. and then a lot of people and i wouldn't say that i'm an expert at, at all you know like i think there's many many people that have a lot of familiarity with how to let their feelings guide what they do in a really mm -hmm. skillful way. Now, I just wanted to bring that in because I'm aware that we've talked a lot about the potential negative sides to being unconsciously led by feeling, but I think mm -hmm. with awareness mm -hmm. and a respect for it, yeah. it can be an incredible guide. Well, that seems like a, a nice place to end the episode. So before George reads out next week's quote, just really wanted to thank you for listening. It's just been amazing hearing from people and just knowing that people are out there listening and like enjoying what we're doing is just so encouraging. So thank you for being one of our early audience members. It would be great if you could subscribe on whatever you listen on, because that helps us grow. And if you, if you can think of anyone that you think would enjoy this episode, then just give it a share with them. That would mean a huge amount to us. And if you wanted to donate the podcast, then we've got a, I'm going to call it Ko-Fi because K-O, you'd say that as Ko. You wouldn't say that mm -hmm. as Ko, right? So I'm going to yeah. call it a Ko-Fi account. Yeah, that's Basically, what I call it. Premise, yeah, the premise is, is that you can buy us a coffee. So like three quid or whatever, if you've enjoyed the episode. So what is next week's quote, George? Well, this one is actually a little bit of a poem. I'm not going to read the whole poem. It's still a fairly short one, but I'm just going to read one little stanza, I think. I don't know what they're called. Just, it's four lines. I'm going to read four bars of a poem. All right. <laughs> By Douglas Malloch. If you can't be a pine on the top of the hill, be a scrub in the valley, but be the best little scrub on the side of the rill. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. Nice. That's cheeky. I like it. Sweet. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoyed it. Have a good think about the quote. And if you've got any thoughts about it, we've just set up an Instagram. You can let us know about this week's quote or whichever is the latest quote. Just let us know your thoughts and we can include it in the episode. And if you want to email in, if you don't have Instagram, it's kwim.podcast at gmail.com. The Instagram is know what I mean, one word, dot podcast. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Not okay. confusing at all. Very, Very simple. Very clear. Yeah. <laughs> all right. See you next week. <laughs> All right. See you next week, guys. Peace. Bye.